It was my 40th reunion today, let me tell you. I look a lot younger, but 40 years is a long, a long time. And sorry, Beth's not here in the front row. She's at the back doing children's ministry. So it is a bit of a, it is a, bit of a day. But um, good morning. It's great to be here. It's so nice to just to be part of this and, and what people are saying. I, I think just, I hope you were listening to the, the contributions because they've been said a great deal more graciously than what I'm going to say. Pretty much the same thing. So I'm just going to say it a little bit differently. So forgive me if it comes across ungraciously. It doesn't, I don't mean it to be ungracious. I just mean it to be something I hope you catch. The, the, this isn't going to be a line by line, bit of scripture and uh, unwinding it. This is just something of my heart that I've caught and I trust that it gets uh, passed on in as many ways as possible. I've got my green pen, which means going. And that's what I want to talk about this morning is the going. There have been so many contributions of the going and the planting. And uh, I trust that, uh, that we'll go and we'll multiply. But you know what? It is irrelevant what I say. It's what the Bible says and what Jesus tells us to do. That's what's important. So I'm going to look into Scripture. What does Scripture tell us about the going? What does Jesus say about the going? And we'll hopefully get something of a heart of the going. And uh, I think when we, Beth and I, first started coming to this church, Chris and Meryl Vinant, who have been ministering over the last couple of weeks, had met uh, and connected with a man called Dudley Daniel, which you've heard the name, uh, who began... uh, what's it called? New Covenant Ministries, just a, a ministry, an apostolic, which is a sending ministry, if you want. And Chris and Meryl caught something of that going and started to minister and started to preach and started to teach and talk uh, to us uh, in the congregation. And it's something that just got into us and into our blood and has never gone away. And uh, so. The conclusion was, of, of all the preaching and teaching, is that we serve ascending God. And uh, we can't listen to all these contributions and say, well, I'm not really going to listen. We serve the ascending God. We get saved into this incredible community. We're just looking out over everyone. We, we want people who are in trouble, um, unsaved, heathen, lost, to come into our community, get saved, and get knitted in but not to stay. We don't want you to stay here. I'm just telling you now, this is not the heart of this church, is that you sit in the same seat, and I'm a bad example because I've been here since 1983, uh, but I'm just telling you that's not, the, no, it's not the idea. It's not the idea. In Romans chapter 11, it speaks about us getting grafted into the body, into the vine. We get grafted in. Why do we get grafted in? We get grafted in to be made strong. We get made into a a powerful, strong um, body of people, but a vine, and then the grapes start growing. And it's not just the grapes, and they look great. Have you ever seen a vine with no grapes? It looks terrible. uh, It looks like it's about to die, if I'm honest. But when this grapevine comes out, and you get these beautiful grapes, and they come out. That's what we're here for. We're here to get grafted in to produce fruit. And not just so that the fruit falls to the ground and gets trampled. It gets plucked and then trampled and made into fine wine so it can get exported. I've done this before. We want to export the wine. And that's you and me. We want to get fat on, on, on the grapes. We want to get plucked, crushed, 
and sent. Someone who said the, 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 it's not going to be easy. It's not always easy. But there is the crusty and there is the sending and there is the blessing. And I'm going to speak just now about Isaiah 52 where it's how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news. And that's what you and I are to do. We've got to be those that carry the good news and take it out there. And so in, throughout the Bible, friends, there's just this theme of the going. And we see in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, God blessed them, the first command to Moses. He blessed them, he said, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. You can't fill the earth by staying here. You've got to fill the earth by going. We can get this room fuller than this. We can, make, we can triple the number of people in this room and it won't help us all. We've got to get going. And uh, in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people and your father's house, to a land I will show you. He didn't even know where he was going. Now we want every dot crossed. We want finances in place. We want people going with us. We want everything ready and then maybe we'll go. No, no, Abram, he just, you go. I'll, tell, I'll show you where. And can we this morning just say, Lord, would you just help me open my heart to say, man, I'm prepared to go. Just, uh, you just pull the trigger and I'll be going. Just Abram was obedient. And that's what this morning's about, being obedient. And we go all the way through in Acts chapter 9 in verse 31. Then the church in Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord, encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it what? Increased in number. Wonderful. It just filled their rooms and it was amazing. They had lots of meetings full of people. No, they'd already got the command from the commander-in-chief to go. So they got into the church. It got filled. They were peace. They were trained and they were ready to go. So let's have a look in chapter 21, uh, 28 of Matthew. Such a well-known scripture. Everyone must have heard it, I'm sure. Let's hear it again. Paul says, I'm not afraid to repeat over and over. Oh, I forgot what the time was. Oh, there. In Matthew chapter 28, it says, in verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee. They were one down to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said this. Even in their doubt, he carries on saying it. He doesn't say, okay, well, you're doubting, you're away, there you go, that side. Friends, we go whether we doubt or not. We'll, on the road, we'll find that Jesus is there and real. All authority, he says, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go, that word go, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Friends, that's our commander-in-chief. That's Jesus. He's telling us to go. I had a picture, which I don't want Shepard or whoever to put up, um, of a drill sergeant getting into someone's face, screaming at them to go. Now you wouldn't, I don't want to do it because maybe it puts you off because that's not Jesus. He doesn't stand in our face and scream at us. But it's a picture of, man, he is the commander in chief. Can you imagine when we were in the army, if we saw a general far away 
we would go the other way. Walk around, make sure we didn't cross his path. We were terrified of him. We're not, please don't miss the picture. I'm not saying we're terrified of Jesus, but there's a reality of him. He's the commander, and when he speaks command, it doesn't mean I'll do it in my time if I feel like it. It's for real. He said, go. We can't not go. We've been told we have to go. He's God. Friends, he's commanded us in the going. Go and make disciples, he says. And uh, if you remember, I don't know, it's definitely been said from this pulpit by somebody that when this church was started, Chris and Merrifield, they, they had a white canvas, and what were they going to do? Every five years, this church was to empty. They wanted to empty the church every five years. I've been sitting here for 35 years. That's not the point. <laughs> I have gone and come back. We've got to go. We've got to hear the apostolic. We've got to get going. Chris felt God say, if you keep training and send, get ready people to, to go, I'll keep sending them. It's when we stay and sit and say, it's not for me, that's when poverty comes on. And we hear it so often. I've heard this over the years, over and over. The apostolic's not for me. Friends, the apostolic is for everyone. Dudley Daniel said this. He said, from the day we are saved, every one of us has had something birthed inside of us that says, I can make a difference. It's been birthed in us. Whether you think it has or it hasn't, I promise you it's been birthed. You can make a difference. We can make a difference. We can make a difference. We can, be, we can turn people from, uh, and ourselves, for that matter, from being self-centered motherers. Friends, I, I, I say this so cautiously. As I, what I said, the contributions came across so graciously. But so often we hear of this the coochie-coo part of Jesus. Jesus is this loving, kind, gentle, lovely. He is. He is incredible. We get saved out of a mess. And he, he loves us. We get saved out of, uh, we respond from, uh, through love. But I tell you, he's told us to go. We can't say, well, um, I just want to be loved. No, 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 you get loved, you get saved, and then we go. And we respond through love because we love the people that we're going to. But we've got to be listening and saying, Lord, I'm ready, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Acts 13.22 says, after removing Saul, if you remember King Saul, in the context of it, made king of Israel, Israelites asked for a king, God said, no, I don't want to give you a king, Israelites demand a king, so they get given Saul. Saul blows it, and God says, after removing Saul, God made David their king. He testified concerning him, I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And can we or even now ask God, say, Lord, I want to do everything you want me to do. I've got, I, I'm sitting here. Use me, Lord. Use me. To do what? To be sent. And uh, you've heard Stan preach this recently, that we were born, when we are born, we exist for who? Ourselves. It's all we're here for. Just feed me, fill me up. But friends, we can't, I did, I did this. I sat in the back row of the church, generally to the right, my left. I would sit there and I sat and I sat and I sat for years. I existed for my, it was fantastic. The preaching was amazing. People were incredible. I gave nothing back to the church, nothing, not a single thing. 
And eventually God said, you're wasting your time. Friends, I don't want anybody here to waste their time. I made, it was a single decision. I'm not going to do that. You know the story. Driving up a rear road. Made a decision. I'll do whatever you have for me, Lord. It's a decision. And it's a wonderful thing. But then we exist. We learn. Oh, actually, we can mutually exist for one another. And children learn out that playing together works. Not like my son. He got a spade and smashed it through Nick Chadwick's son's head. That's not playing together. That's hitting together. Nick Chadwick still hasn't forgiven me. But we grow, and then we exist for others. And that's why they're serving teams here, because we serve. We serve one another. And then we mature some more, and we exist to disciple the nations. And that's what's out there. The nations are calling us. They're calling us. It says in Romans 10, verse 12, uh, 12 to 15, um, it, it says there's no difference between Jew and Gentile the same Lord is Lord of all and uh, richly blesses all who call on him everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved well then how then can they call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching and how can they preach unless they are sent it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news Friends, we have a gospel that is ascending gospel. It is not a nurturing, come here and everything will be okay. Yes, that is going to happen. You will be taken care of, but you get taken care of so that you get grafted in to get sent out. It's an incredible thing. Genesis chapter 12, going backwards and forwards, chapter, uh, verse 1 to 4. God says to Abram, go to a land I will show you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. And Abram was... 75 years old. A little bit older than me, but he's 75. Didn't balk and say, no, 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 I'm not going to. And you can't say he's too young. Taryn and Greg took their children to minister in Ermelua. Man, that, I, I made a mistake. The first time I took Josh on an apostolic trip, I think he was 12. Man, I waited 12 years too long. He said, well, you've got to have wisdom because I took him to Mozambique and you can't just be wise in taking your young children because you can't always take prophylaxis. But I took the others much younger. I, took Su I remember taking Susie. She was tot, tiny. Someone said to her, please come and pray for this lady. She's deaf. Susie stuck her finger in the lady's ear. <laughs> and guess what? Okay, so the lady can now hear. Because a little five-year-old or something, seven-year-old maybe, prayed and stuck her finger in her ear. Is that not complicated? We'd, we'd walk around the villages. We'd walk in the villages with, with the children. I think Michael's the, probably the youngest I took. He was just able to take anti-malaria tablets. And um, so, so we take, and just the children running in and out. So we go and visit people in the village. Never seen them in their lives before. Some of them never, ever, ever had a white person in their, in their house. But I, so it's quite a bit awkward, but I tell you, the children don't feel awkward. They just go in. They're in, have a time of their life, picking up pots and pans, and don't touch. No, no, they open the doors. Children open doors for the adults to be able to minister. You can't speak a word of the language, but I tell you, the child lays hands on, and there's something released. Friends, we've got to be, you can't be too old, You're never too old, never too young, just have to be wise. I remember Doug take, um, 
hope I don't get the story wrong, but took a surfboard to Mozambique. Who do I give it to? He ends up giving it to this youngster, little boy on the side of the, the sea, watching the sea, surfing. Takes the surfboard, gets a bit cheeky, says, I need a leash. Mm, sorry, we haven't got one for you. He put some uh, flex, you know, cable around his leg, and he was surfing. The next day, he had a leash. I'm not sure where he borrowed that, stole it, got given it, but the point being, he was having the time of his life. But he changed his life. One surfboard changed his life. Gee, someone cares. Someone loves me. Friends, the going is an incredible thing. If you think of Moses in Exodus chapter 3, it says, Now go, God says, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out. Bring my people out. Maybe that's you. Maybe God's got for you to bring someone out. There are Moses and Abraham sitting here today. Go to a land I'll show you. Might be next door. Might be overseas. I don't know. In John chapter 4 verse 34, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. Jesus gets sent by his father to finish the work that he's called to do. Sent is used 30 times in the New Testament. Finish the work means we're fruitful. We're fruitful in this, in the job that we've done. And to be fruitful is to multiply. See, I've been good at producing children, thankfully, thank the Lord, honestly, it's been a great blessing, but I haven't multiplied anything. The multiplication comes when they start having children. Now, I'm in no rush for that, just saying, but that's when the multiplication comes. And so we coming here, we've added, and that's wonderful. The multiplication comes when we go. And we go and we multiply out. I mean, I've got five children. They're all figuring out how to get where they're getting to, figuring out which, which friends they should keep and which are not such good keepers, trying to help them with that. They're, they're, they're being dealt blows and they have to learn how to overcome the blows. And uh, why, 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 why would we bother to put time into them? Because we want them to go. We want them to be launched out. That's the whole point of it. We've, I've launched three so far. Not fully. They're kind of still learning how to fly. But they're out. They're out the house. One came back like a boomerang. But we've got a plan. There's a plan. He's going to go in December. He's gone. He's gone for he can't come back. That's part of that. We're training them to go from the day they were born. It's not a cliche. I promise you here, we started training them to leave. Got to let them get on their own two feet so that they can go. We've loved them. We've poured finance into them, time into them, effort and energy. But I want them to be part of a multiplication story. I want them to go out into the nations of the world. And everybody says, ah, when they've gone, you'll be a different story. I'm telling you it won't. I've prayed and trained, and it's fantastic, let me tell you, having two at home at times. We went out to dinner for the first time in our lives nearly the other day. It was amazing. Just because we could. We'd... But I tell you, they're being trained, and they've got to leave, and they've got to be part of this multiplication. If you remember, God said to me, when I, I mean, I was overwhelmed when Beth told me she was pregnant with Michael. I nearly had a heart attack. But I, I, you know the story. 
out the ducks jump, out the river, out the dam at Botanic Gardens, and I feel God say, I'll take care, if I can take care of them, I can take care of yours. But in that, he also said to me, but you have to prepare them. It's not my job. It's my job. I'll take care of them. Your job to train them. Get ready and go. You've got to go. You've got to be part of the going. And so Jesus comes along in Matthew 28 and he tells us to go. Make disciples. And in turn, Jesus sends us. He says, go and make disciples. It's basically saying go and multiply. You know the story that Drew preached. One person tells one person and tells another. Tells an, uh, it's exponentially growth. But if you just tell 100 people who sit in the pews for the rest of their life, that's 100 people. You've got to have exponential growth. And we go and we multiply through this kingdom. And friends, we've got to be careful though in this that it doesn't become a coming or staying message. That when we preach the gospel, it's come into the kingdom. But it's got nothing, to, it never says stay. It doesn't say stay in the kingdom. And we've got to turn into this going uh, people. This, we come, we get healed, we get trained, and we go again. And uh, I just, as I said, it was my 40th reunion this, uh, this weekend, school reunion. And uh, it's a very frightening thing in my brain that with the 18-year-olds that we left school with or went to university with are doing the same things now. 40 years later, they're getting just as drunk just as debaucherous, just as lunatic behavior as they did 40 years ago. Friends, that is tragic. It is totally tragic. They're lovely people. I loved it. It was great seeing guys again that I haven't seen for a long time. It was amazing. But I tell you, if I don't speak to them, who's going to speak to them? I could, it is my worst thing in the world. I'll be honest, I was nice seeing the, the, my mates, but I tell you, I could have done without the weekend. I would have just handpicked a few mates and met with them. But I said, I can't do that because part of the going is getting there. Going out there, telling people. And it's amazing. When one person opens their mouth to say, actually, no, Jesus is, is high in my life, others start suddenly saying, oh, yeah, me too. Say, what? <laughs> but you understand, it might take you to open the door. And in Mark chapter 3, Jesus calls the twelve together and he says to them, I've given you the power and the authority to drive out demons and cure diseases and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God. Sends them out. And then in Luke 10, he sends out the 70. He says, I'm sending you out like lambs among the wolves. Do, don't take a purse or a bag or sandals. Just go. Yo, it's a bit of a challenge. And it goes, carries on. Through the book of Acts, Philip went. It says in Acts 8, Philip went to the city of Samaria. Peter is sent in Acts chapter 10. You know, he's, he's praying and along comes a delegation from the centurion and God says, go with them. Go. Sending you. So off Peter went, obedient as ever. Paul said to Timothy in Philippians 2, I hope therefore to send him to you as he's, as he's speaking. So I'm going to send them. And there's a couple of examples in the scriptures in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 13, where the only reason they stay is to receive power and direction. And in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, 
It says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But before that, it says, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait for the gift my Father promised, the Holy Spirit. And if we're getting excited about going and, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. You just think about this. Ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, come on me. Empower me that I might go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Durban, KZN, South Africa, the ends of the earth. Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. They sent them off, ready to go. Off they go. And the result, some will go forever. See Sandy Laugh sitting there, single lady, just done the nations of the world. Why? Because God said so. Now she's back. It's wonderful. What her next adventure. Doug and Sheena, all over the world, been everywhere. Friends, we can all go. Some will go for a trip. Some will go to support people. But are you prepared to just go? Because in Isaiah chapter 6, what does it say? Whom shall I send and who will go? And I said, send me. I want to be that person. I want to see that person. See, some people will go per permanently. Some will relocate. Drew and, and, uh, and Megan and Graham and Emmy. They've gone for, they're not coming back. And if anybody wants them to, they're not. They're there. They're there for good. They might come back one day. But right now, they're there for good. It's permanent. Others just go to strengthen. And just now, I'll put up a, a slide of just what's going on in, in the nations. That we can go and strengthen, help. Others just maintain a link. Just, uh, it is amazing that this lady sitting here has got a link still with the church that sent her those many years ago. So Cornelia still kept in touch, kept a link. And we don't just wave them goodbye and say, cheers, good luck, and hope we never see you again. No, no, no. We've got a link of all the time. We maintain that link. And then we give. And this is the most powerful scripture. Dawn Castleman is sitting in America right now as we speak. I don't think I've ever been on a trip that Dawn hasn't given me a card of encouragement, a chocolate, a cash, something she's given me to say I'm with you on this trip. Every trip. I don't think there's anyone sitting here, maybe other than Doug and Sheena, who's traveled more than Dawn. She has been all over the world. Friends, she's sewed into it. And this scripture in Philippians says, um, when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. Every cent you sow, everything, every moment, every prayer that you sow is credited to our accounts. It's an incredibly wonderful thing. Everything is, in, is, is a sowing. So when a team goes to Ermelua or Port Shepston or wherever, sow. Give them five cents. Give them a prayer. I'm telling you, it gets credited to our account. Otherwise, we're going to end up in poverty, I believe. God says, I'll take care of you. So, friends, just to end off, what are the excuses? Abram was 75, Moses was in his 80s, Jesus was in his 30s, and 
Timothy was probably a teenager. So that we can't really use anymore. Suero and Phillips, they're not that young. They went to Pretoria. The week they got there, they were serving on the team there. Friends, we're never too old for this. Never, ever too old. I see a man at the back there, Ted. Goes down to Amboiki. Who's the one digging holes, planting trees? That's the man. He's not 30. I don't know how old he is. But guys, age. Age is never. Health. No, I can't because I'm, I'm sick. No, well, Paul said to Timothy, have a bit of wine and you'll be okay. <laughs> we'll help you. Finance. Jesus said, take no staff, no bag, nothing. Don't take anything with you. Yo. I remember Nick Chadwick and another guy, can't remember his name right now, pitching up at the airport. Not a penny to their name, but they had a long story, this, but they had tickets to go. But nothing, not a cent. Okay, they're going to go. They're going to a leader's training time in Holland or England, or London, I think, England. Not a penny to their names. Before they left, in fact, Gunga and Bronnie Marcus didn't even have tickets. Gunga went to work. Bronwyn packed a bag just in case. Someone gave them a ticket before the end of the day, put money in their account, and sent them off. Friends, don't worry about the money. Money will be okay. Can't use our children as an excuse. I have. I've said, I'm just going to wait till Josh has finished school. Ooh, okay. Maybe Sam. Okay, I'm, I'm finished. Ooh, flip. Okay, now Sam's finished school. It's a problem. Friends, we've got to just trust God that it'll all be okay and that God will take care of us. There are glorious lands waiting for us to take the gospel to. They're waiting. They're waiting. Friends, in the 1040 window, and I can't remember who said this somewhere, in the West, you can pretty much guarantee that you will hear the gospel every 24 hours. Within 24 hours, you can hear the gospel preached in this country. In the 1040 window, once every 30 years, you may hear the gospel. You know, I hear lots of people, they say, I'm going to go to America, and I'm nothing against. If God said go to America, that's fantastic. I'll go to Australia, I'll go to New Zealand, I'll go to England. Friends, who's going to go to the 1040 window? They've never heard the God. They don't even know who Jesus is. Do you know Jesus? He doesn't live around here. <laughs> Friends, and I'm not putting a heavy on you to get to the 1040 window. I'm just saying, let's get going. Plant our tree in the river. So for some of us, that's a big tree. It means our whole family leaving. For others, it's just a going and coming back, as I've said. Let's go. Beautiful. Amen.